Hey everyone, welcome to the 90th, the 90th edition of DF Direct Weekly, the week of the Jeffs. <laughs> the Games Award has happened, and uh, joining me to discuss this and various other topics, first of all, Alex Battaglia, looking a bit more refreshed oh, versus yeah. uh, your showing last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, people, there's a lot of speculation. Was I going through a breakup? Was I, was I, was I hung over? Was I literally on the verge of tears? Well, let me just say, I was actually just tired. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's, I was not actually going to cry as, as much as it might have sounded like it, I swear. Uh, but I'm actually much refreshed this week, ready to talk about the Jeffs. Okay. And uh, of course, John Linneman. I'm also tired of stutter struggle. <laughs> it's, I understand, Alex. We've had mm-hmm. enough, and it keeps happening. Let's... I was playing more games this week, just testing Unreal Engine games, and yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Stop. Okay, so, so you know, I was going to talk about the Jeffs, <laughs> but um, I think we should probably uh, try to put to, uh, to bed the whole stutter struggle thing with Callisto Protocol PC, because there have been patches. More patches are coming. Um, Alex, you prepared this video showing kind of like the day one performance versus where it is now. And I think it's fair to say that there are there have been profound improvements, but it's still some way off the finished article, right? For sure. So uh, right now, when you get in the menu, as of the latest patch uh, that I'm talking, when you see this video, that uh, it essentially starts pre-compiling shares in the background (laughs) and the menu becomes really unresponsive. I don't know if that's good, uh, like user experience, but that's the way it is. Um, so then it finishes and then you get in game and the immediate uh, just like uh, feeling is that mostly all of the stutters that I showed off in my original video are not there now. And I didn't show off all of them for the pr- purpose of not wanting to spoil the video, but going through the first 35 minutes of the game almost, essentially all of them that I originally thought were so intrusive that this is a product you should not play, they were not there anymore, which is great to see. Uh, the, the the issues that still exist, though, are the fact that it is really weirdly CPU heavy and it doesn't use all of your CPU. It just uses like two threads at most, it feels like at times. Uh, and uh, then also uh, the fact that there's other stutters that pop up that seem to be related to loading and or like CPU stuff that is happening in the background, but didn't seem to be shader compilation because it wasn't about seeing new things. It just was like, it happened. Or like you lo- you opened a door and it happened. So you turn around to a new area and it kind of happened. Uh, so it still has some of that and that may require more um, polishing. Uh, and especially with regards to CPU performance, that's something I don't think they'll polish necessarily because it's maybe just baked in at this point. Uh, uh, so that's something to expect if you want to play the title now, for sure. Isn't okay. is the ray tracing still very heavy as a result of the CPU stuff? Yeah, it's still incredibly heavy. So like Core i9 1200K, uh, you know, normal stock settings there, but with 6400 megahertz uh, RAM uh, set up, I was still seeing in like that initial prison area it could drop down to like 55 FPS uh, uh, when you just like span the view a little bit. CPU limited on a PC like that is pretty intense for a game that targeted last gen. It seems like other people are having similar issues, specifically when enabling ray tracing. And that also explains why I've seen a lot of comments that, oh, FSR2 doesn't do anything. It's no faster. And I think, again, they're just bumping up completely against (laughs) CPU limitations. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the game is in a much better spot. I would definitely say it is now 
playable. It is now purchasable, uh, but you have to go in with the mindset that ray tracing requires a stupidly heavy CPU. And I think the GPU requirements are also pretty intense uh, there because I was like playing with FSR2 balance mode and it was almost like sometimes with a 4090 and FSR2 balance mode, like almost getting up to like 85% GPU utilization on a 4090 at balance that's, mode that's nuts that's right. that's technically worse performance than like maxed out uh that's actually quite a bit worse performance than maxed out cp2077 with ray tracing as of right now without overdrive which doesn't so, make sense which doesn't make sense so it is really really heavy um still but i i yeah. wonder alex if there's so they actually also addressed the lack of ray traced reflections on xbox oh good and i don't think it's been patched in yet but they are working on it but i do have to wonder if there was something with like the DX12 build of this game and also in turn the Xbox version that was causing ray tracing to be heavier than it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like uh, it's running pretty well on PS5 with ray tracing and the, so in yeah. my head I'm thinking like maybe there's some sort of API issues here that cropped up and they had to disable it for launch and maybe whatever they're doing to bring it back to Xbox could potentially also apply to PC, maybe? Let's hope, uh, because right, as of right now, it's like pretty hard to recommend to play it with RT for most people, because I think you'll end up being CPU-bound for a lot of people. So, yeah. 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 That's quite remarkable. Are there any actual improvements over consoles in terms of the RT feature set or anything like that? Well, no, the thing is I have yet to go in and actually do any comparisons, but there are two settings for ray trace reflections. The other settings just for shadows and for translucency are on and off toggles. So those are probably the exact same as console, I'd imagine. Uh, but the ray trace reflections has a medium and a high setting. I don't know what they do okay. off the top of my head, uh, but I imagine it wouldn't be so surprising if consoles were medium, to say the least. <laughs> okay. It is interesting that this ended up being an AMD-sponsored game with some of the heaviest ray tracing I've seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> but it's not necessarily because of the graphics card, though. It's, no, uh, so no. that's the whole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it is. Okay, fair enough. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it there for now. Um, would, would you ever review this game, Alex? Uh, I mean, the, I think the thing is that, you know, we didn't really have the time bandwidth to do it when it when it launched, and it was actually impossible to do because it was impossible to play when yeah. we actually had yeah. had it in the review period. Um, but I am curious. I mean, I I do think that we're still looking at a work in progress project here. I'm I'm kind of staggered that it released in that state. There's talk that there was some sort of file error that, mm. that ensured that it went out with the with uh, shader compilation issues, which should have been fixed. I mean, they did say it would be fixed pre-launch, but it wasn't. So uh, it's just tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, um, it is a big high-profile title. There is the scope that PC could move beyond the consoles. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's just left us a bit cold, really. It's just left us unmotivated to look at it based on their approach to PC in the first place. Yeah, I think releasing in that state and then giving it to reviewers in that state is also another thing because uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, Alice, uh, I think it was, right, who did that review there, uh, also had just as much trouble as I did on a lower spec machine, probably a lot worse than what I saw. Uh, So uh, sending that to reviewers on PC was also very risky and Definitely soured people, for sure. To, yeah. to be fair, um, Striking Distance, uh, Glenn Schofield, has been quite um, open about um, you know, updates on what's going to be happening to the game and when. But what did annoy me, and it really did annoy me, was uh, you know there was this message that went out saying some people will have stuttering yeah, issues. Some people. <laughs> some, some people. 
everyone who have stuttering <laughs> issues. The PC has not been invented yet that could run that day one code without stutters. So the concept that it's some people is kind of borderline gaslighting. <laughs> it is a bit. It is a bit. Uh, whether I want to review this in the end, we'll see what happens in the new year. Uh, maybe I will want to go back and just try and get a sense of what the graphics are on console at some point. But as I say that, the ability to change graphical settings, not you can't change them in-game, almost makes a review impossible from my perspective. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I have to constantly go back to a new checkpoint, line up the camera perfectly. Uh, it's almost impossible to do a really good yeah, review. Yeah, I, I think, Alex, in that case, it probably shouldn't get the review unless that's changed. Because you're right, that's just that's a nightmare. Yeah, it is super Covering nightmare. Fortnite this week, which a video <laughs> should be up now, Like that is how you do it. Fortnite, you know, for... Yeah. Everything we've said about it in the past, it has the best like settings adjustment mm-hmm. options. It's very good. console. Like you're just in the game, you can do anything. You get a full free cam if you want in the replay mode. You can change all your settings. It's amazing. <sighs> Only if more so, games had that. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So come on, guys. We we need to see this going forward. I hope. Okay. So some good news with the Callisto protocol. Um, still not where it needs to be, though. And, um, yeah, that CPU requirement is just kind of kind of staggering. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next news topic. As we filmed this, it's the morning after the night before where uh, <laughs> Je- Je- Jeff Keighley uh, hosted the Game Awards 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always been sort of kind of ambivalent to this. There's this kind of almost two shows in one, isn't it? There's basically recognition of the talent in the games industry. Um, and there were some, you know, <laughs> some great acceptance speeches, some good awards. But then, you know, it's basically uh, uh with his game reveals. Can you imagine, um, like a, uh, you know, the Oscars having trailers for upcoming movies in it? That's kind of like the disconnect that I always see with this. But with that said, there was there was quite a lot of content in there that is worthy of discussion. And I'm not quite sure where we want to start with this. I guess, Alex, um, good news in that we had debut trailers for Returnal and The Last of Us Part 1 on PC, yeah, even right. if those trailers were kind of like totally nondescript <laughs> about what we're actually going to be getting in the product. Yeah, they didn't say anything other than coming, da-da-da-da-da to PC. Uh, The Returnal trailer was interesting because the first half of the trailer, before a camera cut happened, that was like dramatic. It was all 1080p footage. And then after that, it went to 4K. So it seems like, I don't know who did the editing there, but I could see that there was (laughs) quite a difference in visual quality between the the footage. Um, I'm excited about that. Uh, I presume that was PC footage uh, based upon... Well, it said captured on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that sounds that sounds like it. So that sounds like the real deal. No evidence of any of the things that have leaked out. I didn't see any evidence of ray traced reflections. Uh, did you notice though, Alec? Maybe it's I, maybe it's YouTube, but the the actual fluidity of this trailer was pretty bad. Yes, like the frame rate doesn't seem stable at all. Yeah, which is weird for this game because I mean, so I'm not sure what's going on with the trailer. I assume it's just an editing thing, early build, blah blah blah, whatever. But who knows? It's still not the best. Yeah, to see that. who knows how it was captured and what was captured uh, in terms of settings and performance. Like, uh, I I actually wonder sometimes, like uh, if you use like NVIDIA Share for instance to capture, and you're running at a frame rate above sixty, it produces footage kind of like that. So maybe the guy doing the trailer was running at like 120, and you know, know. (laughs) who knows? But that's one of the way it looked. Uh, The Last of Us was also another 
uh, I think you described it, Rich, just now. Like, they didn't actually show what you're getting on the PC here, other than reveal date, like the date when it's going to come out. In fact, at the very bottom, it says it was all captured on PS5, and the footage looked like PS5 footage in terms of resolution and stuff anyway. So uh, not much to say there, other than I hope... I think this is not done by Iron Galaxy. I think this is actually internal at Naughty Dog, if I recall. If I recall. Uh, and I hope they uh, take some cues from Iron Galaxy in terms of uh, shader pre-compilation being done in the menu. I thought that was very nice. I also liked the additions of FSR 2.0 and DLSS. Um, I hope they have those as well, too. Otherwise, it's like, you know, if you're not releasing it, if you're releasing a game on uh, you know, PC these days, and you don't have one of those two or both of them, hopefully. Uh, well, then I kind of ask what you're doing. Uh, so I, uh, I, yeah. I just want to put in a word for XESS as well. Oh yeah, please XESS. Put that in there for for all those nice Intel users, so they have something that works better on their card. Well, please. what I'm finding now is that uh, there may not be a huge amount of Arc Intel users out there, but what it basically means is that, and this is actually a disadvantage that D uh, FSR2 has at the moment because it's like years after DLSS2 came out. So we've got this vast library of titles, big titles that have DLSS2 support, but no FSR2 support. So, you know, I'm, I'm reviewing the Radeon cards at the moment, and, you know, I'd love to go back to play Control, Metro Exodus at um you know with image reconstruction technology and the full rt feature set right but i can't really can't because it. you know those those are older titles that only support dlss2 so yeah i mean i think this is going to require a lot of evangelization from um, intel and um and amd and you know maybe even money has to change hands because you know to to, to get or, or or for engineers from those companies to go in and and help to integrate the support. But fundamentally, if a game has DLSS2 support, it's just a matter of engineering effort to get FSR2 and um, XESS in there, right? Truly is, yeah. So, yeah. And I actually think this is, you know, um, part of the reason why it's harder to recommend AMD, because even when they do catch up, and they will catch up, right, um, there's going to be those legacy titles that won't support their technologies as well as NVIDIA. So, yeah, yeah it's, but got Rich, to, it's, it's got to be done. Real PC gamers play at low settings. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way it's done. Uh, in fact, so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. All, it's all, about these, the all of these trailers, too, were also at low settings today, and that explains it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about those two titles. Uh, another thing that I saw on the list here, John, thankfully, wrote down a very wonderful list of great titles that we all liked here. Um, that I just want to talk about really quickly is Space Marine so 2. Space Marine 2. John is also wants to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> we had to read up after the fact what the engine was here, and it's called Saber Swarm. Saber Swarm. Saber Swarm. And I think you can see the swarm aspect of it just in any of the background shots of this of this trailer. Like Space Marine, there's a lot of heavy action in the foreground, but just look at the background to see how many presumably, you know, AI stuff going on there maybe it's like collective animation stuff but it's just like filled to the brim with detail in the background all these shots here which is it reminds me a lot of like going back in time to like a lot of concept art from like you know like third edition warhammer there's just like stuff in the foreground and then there's just massive swarms of enemies in the background love it uh john what did you think yeah that, that was the thing that caught my attention was just the sense of scale and scope in the environments that stuff's just beautiful mm -hmm. and it's actually something i've been thinking a, a lot about lately with games and the way they present their environments uh i find that open world games 
tend to really struggle to present these dramatic sort of viewpoints with a few exceptions. But uh, when you have games with this linear level design or presumably mm-hmm. they're able to do these huge vistas and like really intricate designs that wouldn't necessarily connect that well if you were trying to build an open world. But with within these maps, they're they're able to create something that looks truly just very impressive like you you step into this map and you're like whoa that is cool mm-hmm. and that's kind of a strength of this and i'm very curious to see how this ends up playing and running because the trailer was unfortunately you know it's pre-release of course but it's not wasn't very smooth i would say it's very up and down now yeah. which is also perhaps you know good to see because it suggests that what we're seeing was actually legit gameplay footage as well yeah right that, that, so. that, that that's encouraging at this point in time uh, given the release date that's usually fine uh, another thing that i noticed just really quickly uh this is its own tech and it's definitely going to be targeting next gen or the current gen sorry at this point as long as P- as well as pc uh there was in the initial shot when they're looking at like the the chest plate of the you know the main character titus there there's actually like a reflection of like the like golden wingspan eagle thing on his on his like collar that kind of looks a little bit off screen from the angle we're looking at i'm curious to see what ray tracing tech maybe they bring into this at all um that was just a little hint could also mean nothing so don't take my word for it there but i mean it's targeting next current gen and pc uh it would be cool to see some rt in here thinking of ray tracing alex that is something that's that's kind of keeps coming up a little bit and there's been a lot of talk about okay is there a point where next gen well current gen console games (laughs) start targeting 30 fps again (laughs) i'm beginning to see this trend where it seems like you have 30 fps modes with ray tracing or 60 frames per second modes without right and i feel like that's a pretty good trade-off like it would be nice to see 60 with rt and we have seen it occasionally but if it's 30 versus 60 that kind of thing with with or without ray tracing that's I feel like that's a fair compromise. Right? Totally. It doesn't see us dropping all the way down to 30 across the board. So I, I would actually probably prefer that setup for a lot of games that can afford it. And as long as, you know, obviously they're not designing their entire game around some sort of ray tracing, uh, then it's, that sounds reasonable. I'd like that too. Yeah. 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 Is this the same technology as Dark Tide, Alex? No, is this, completely this is completely different. This is completely different. Completely different studio as well. This is Saber versus Fat Shark. Uh, different sides of a border there, but like the the fact that the that they can't like they're here. One thing that I did actually like about a lot about this, I like the original Space Marine game, but the color tones here were like the original Space Marine game looks like an Xbox 360 title where they like really ramped up the colors. Like everything's like red or blue or it's like super, this was a lot more desaturated in a way that I thought was nice. It was palatable. It's interesting you say that because that generation was known for desaturated colors. Lots of browns (laughs) and Space Marine looked a bit different than your usual. It was very colorful in comparison. Which was cool. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Another game, though, on the list that we should mention quickly that was also a little unstable frame rate wise, but you know, good was Star Wars Jedi Survivor, mm. which is the sequel to Fallen Order. Uh, which, man, what a good game that was! I, I really like what they made with that, and I'm happy that it was a huge success for them mm-hmm. because it is basically it's a type of game we don't see that often. Yes, it definitely borrows souls like elements but it's basically a third person action platforming game with lots of exploration right and i'm i'm thrilled to see more of it and this time it seems they're building it in unreal engine 5 uh it is not cross-gen thankfully um 
it looks very nice, I'd say. Uh, although coming straight from Space Marine, I'd say it doesn't quite look as good, interestingly. But it's still it's still a nice looking game. It's just the frame rate was pretty unstable. But uh, again, pre-release and that at least suggests that what we're seeing is quite legitimate. So I don't know. What did you guys make of this one? Um, Unreal Engine Five. It's um, <laughs> it's it's difficult to say what kind of Unreal Engine Five you're going to be getting because you know, yeah. I still think we're some way away from Lumen and Nanite. Yeah, um, but it's it still look really detail rich and 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 impressive, it, right? Yeah. It's hard to tell. They they could be using Nanite in this potentially. Yeah, but I need to look closer to see if there's like visible LOD transitions or not because the actual the world geo seemed pretty high, like in a way that's. Uh, I mean, you could still do it with traditional static meshes as well, I'm sure, but I don't know. Yeah, it was it was hard to get an appreciation of what was going on technically. Other than the one scene I noticed, but it was a polished, like, imperial-style floor, um, and there was reflections there that when the enemies were moving around in the foreground, it wasn't obscuring the background reflection. So it could that could hint towards UE5, at least Lumen reflections in play, uh, is the yeah, only thing I, I mean, noticed. Exactly, yeah. so... I don't think we can pass too much judgment yet as to what features they're using here, mm-hmm. but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Another one on the list, um, Death Stranding 2 got announced. Yes. Which I'm I'm happy about. I, I That looks really good. Uh, the thing about that that really stood out to me or, like, kind of surprised me is the fact that they... At the end, it specifically mentions that it was created using MetaHuman, which is yes. uh, Epic's technology. Yeah, and well, I was not aware that you were able to use this. Well, there, there's a history what? behind this. There, okay, please uh, explain. MetaHuman was tech actually developed by Three Lateral, and they developed That's, it around oh, the time the, with like Star Citizen and like right. And they originally did like prototyping in, for it in UE4, and then they brought it over Star Citizen, and then. Three laterals bought by Epic at one point. That's what it was. And MetaHuman is now a part of UE5. Uh, so it's a really weird naming scheme, though, because it seems like they're using UE5 tech for this. But it's like it's separate, technically. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's okay. uh, so Epic's just acquiring all the companies. <laughs> we need the FTC to look into this. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> for certain. Yeah, right? Oh, God. But yeah, no, I mean... They uh, they didn't show much, I guess. I mean, it was a, a good trailer, but you, you can't really feel what the gameplay is going to be, of course. But knowing the past with Kojima trailers, I'm sure this is very much in-engine. Oh, completely. Representative yeah. of the visuals. And this would be our first look at a true uh, current-gen-only Decima game, right? Yeah. Presumably. It was, yeah, like, character models just as great as last time, I thought, like really really good the one thing that i noticed i I was going to make a joke about this as through all the trailers is i could always tell which ones were real time or not because there was just like a lot of flickering and aliasing and this um like the 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 way they do their depth of field here around the hair was always like super flickery in this trailer i'm curious if they can get that up uh and better for release but uh i didn't notice any ray tracing from this trailer it looked but everything still looked really good very curious about the story because Everything I know about Death Stranding, it's hard to place this chronologically, if you can even use the term chronology uh, with uh, Death Stranding. But I did like the ending with the character wearing that like Iron Man getup 
and playing oh, an yeah. electric guitar and singing. I have no idea what's going on in this game. I don't know what's game. going on there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, <laughs> they, the game is obviously possible to have a sequel. You know, I finished it and I'm, you know, seeing what happened at the end of it, I can see how they would continue it, but mm-hmm. it would be like a new story based on you know that world i guess for sure so the the main thing i would want want to see this time is more exploration of the areas beneath the terrain right Mm. so like you spend all that time delivering but you don't often go down into the colonies and i i would like to see more of that that'd be uh, cool and Mm -hmm. you know maybe we'll see it maybe we won't i don't know i still can't believe how prescient that game was in terms of predicting the 2020 pandemic situation <laughs> we were all joking about how oh, there's this guy delivering packages all by himself and staying away from everybody and doing it remotely and it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he did it again kojima. Did it. Kojima. kojima but speaking of uh superhero costumes suicide squad was shown again mm-hmm. and i think we were, i wanted to take the point again to highlight that this is the actual rocksteady game <laughs> uh it's not gotham knights i know some people were confused by that uh gotham knights didn't exactly impress this though you know based on rocksteady's history at least i have a lot of high hopes for it and i think visually it looked great in this trailer mm-hmm. just the animation work on the characters and they're very expressive and they had the the Kevin Conroy uh, sort of tribute at the end of the trailer, which was nice. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys make of this? I mean, they didn't show gameplay, but it's clearly in-engine stuff. Well, the conceit seems to be that the Justice League have got gone bad and need to be taken down. Which is fun. Seems to be some particularly egregious abuse of the Flash. That's great. <laughs> I really like the character design. It was really, really impressive, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, this, we just don't really know because, you know, I, although I suspect what we saw was in-game, it wasn't actually in-game. It was, right, right. It was yeah. a cutscene, right? It's a cutscene. <laughs> the but expressions, be though, good. on the faces, man. They're, They're they, very they good. Just, there's something about the way they model their characters where they look kind of realistic, but also with sort of a cartoony angle. That's like really like somehow it, it really works well. I think. Yeah. They're very expressive. The lighting and model quality is exceptional here. And uh, I guess I assume this is just going to be an unreal engine four game, but it's interesting because Arkham Knight still holds up and that was like their take on UE three. That was the only that's that's the only game I think that ever came close to that one uh, tech demo that Epic shared. Samaritan, yeah, yeah, the Samaritan demo. It felt like they looked at that demo and were like, "We're going to do that with Arkham Knight," and then they did do that. <laughs> uh, and then we haven't seen anything on Real Engine Four from these guys yet, and they skipped that entire generation with that engine. So. I know, right? Jeez. Uh, I mean, the one thing that is curious: the last two times we've seen this game, that the trailers have also been sixty FPS. So I'm presuming that their current-gen versions of the game perhaps have a 60 FPS mode, given that. Um, so I'd look forward to that, see if they also, once again, if maybe it, they'll do the 30-60 split with their RT in one mode. It does not mode. mention uh, last-gen consoles either, so it that's seems encouraging. current-gen only again, which mm-hmm. is actually something that seems pretty consistent through a lot of this show, is that almost everything announced seems to be current-gen only, Yes, which is positive. Very I think awesome. um, 2023 is looking so rich for content that um, yeah. this actually paid off for the Game Awards because they could actually show 
real-time stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. finally. There was um, there was a marked decrease in, uh, in, in pre-rendered CG nonsense, which I was really happy about. Mm-hmm. I actually thought I was seeing some games, which generally, generally helps. It's about the games, it? baby. Yeah. <laughs> Chad Warden, all about games. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about games, uh, there was also a demo drop for uh, Spo- uh, Forspoken. Mm-hmm. Sporefoken. Uh, for- Sporefoken. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Let's just call it for that. Let's just call it that. We can make up our own words here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do it all the time in my videos, people. Come on. Um, yeah, and so I checked out that demo this morning. I think John did as well. Yeah, I, um, I think it's kind of something they had to do because nothing that they've shown so far has, has, has given any kind of impression other than, oh, this looks quite interesting. Um, I'll wait to see how it actually sort of shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were performance uh, concerns throughout all of the previous demonstrations. The demo is fairly solid. It can drop both 30 and 60 FPS modes, can drop in combat, I noted. It feels mushy, I thought. Like, the controls mm. were relatively unresponsive. Yeah. Like, yeah. It controls okay. okay, but it just has that heavy feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to actually get code in people's hands, which I think is is obviously far more impactful than any kind of trailer can can ever be really. Um, and but I still think the jury's out on the game itself. And um, I think we were talking about this before we filmed. That there's this bizarre culture clash between Japanese developers and U.S. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I, when when she first walked into that shack at the beginning. <laughs> And like the book or the, I guess the, what is it? The armband thing. The talks, yeah. She's like narrating. And then she's just like, uh, I want to find a place to put my f-ing head down. And <laughs> you can bleep like, that out, Solomon. Please bleep that out, whatever. <laughs> I, I was just like, wait, what? It's just, uh, it's an unexpected thing that just, it really f- seems to clash with the, with the game, I guess. Like, I know they're trying to do this, like, you know, somebody from another world lost in a very different world thing but i don't know and <laughs> yeah dialogue well you know my takeaway was um that the the world itself was really sort of epic in scope and, and yeah looked fantastic it looks good uh the combat system interesting uh i, I literally only just pl- had time to play the demo for about 10 minutes before we kicked off this uh, recording <laughs> session um but you know it's promising I'm really interested to see what we're actually going to get when it actually ships. Uh, Oliver's going to be doing a video on the actual demo because I think there's still plenty of interesting discussion points yeah. in here. But also, it has a 120 hertz mode, which is not 120 frames per second. Instead, it's a, uh, as the menu suggests, it's just there to improve input response. Which but could that's exist. the only mode I tried, and it didn't feel that responsive. So now I'm like. Mm. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's technically if it even if it was still like thirty and or sixty in a hundred twenty hertz container, it would have better input response due to yeah, triple sure, buffering, exactly. perhaps. But also, it's a bit like eh, eh, whatever. Yeah. I will say though, I, I felt like the lighting in the world was a step down from what we saw in Final Fantasy fifteen. <sighs> yeah, years ago, like they were that game was well known for its very impressive use of global illumination at a time when it was still relatively uncommon in mm-hmm. those big worlds. It still holds up very well in that regard. And here, uh, this felt like a step down thus far. Yeah, We'll have to see more to find out. I, I can't imagine them not taking advantage of those visual features, considering you know, 
were on more powerful hardware and that engine was already very capable so super capable yeah i don't know yeah the two modes were you know they are targeting 30 and 60 and it is ray tracing and performance which kind of uh yeah tallies with your previous comments there mm-hmm. I mean, I really do want to see those 30 FPS ray tracing modes, even though I suspect Alex is just eyeing the PC versions of running them at 60 and beyond. Yeah, that's the <laughs> well, thing, so, right? Uh. It, and it kind of varies per game. Like, I, I would usually prefer 60 in many cases, but then when a, a game like, say, the Callisto Protocol, with the way its atmosphere is designed and the, the style of gameplay, I think it's okay enough at 30 FPS, and I was willing to give up frame rate for that sweet ray tracing in that case sweet ray tracing i think in this case based upon their presentations the ray tracing is shadows rt shadows Um, which uh i mean we'll have to see what oliver uh shows but i don't know if it's like super big deal in this world like that the the shadows are done by rt unless it really helps out the long distance views that's what yeah that's what i was thinking yeah yeah long distance shadowing can definitely benefit from that that's that's Mm -hmm. a good part of rt if it's not too Uh, expensive yeah let's see what else was there uh don't want to talk too much about it because time but yes go check out the replaced trailer that's coming out next year still love it it's like a pseudo 3D pixel art game that looks reminds me of Flashback. So that's exciting. Uh, Tekken 8 was shown again, mm-hmm. which uh, this is another Unreal Engine 5 title. And as we know, it is targeting 60 FPS. <laughs> so uh, it looks, I mean, it looks, it looks like Tekken. I, I <laughs> gather they're not using any of the new... Unreal Engine features it's doesn't hard. seem like it, it's, it's, but it's so hard to tell from to tell. these quick cuts, right? Like it's, maybe they are, but maybe not. Like I, I don't know yet from this. Mm-hmm. It does look good, though. I would say it's Very. detailed, moves smoothly. You know it'll run at sixty FPS, uh, so it, that's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess uh, another big thing was uh, the announcement of the Burning Shores DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. uh, which again is going to be um, PlayStation Five exclusive which i think is fantastic news uh, yeah, they were talking about the, the difficult decision to to leave playstation 4 behind with this dlc is it is it really that difficult they gotta say that yeah i guess if you bought horizon forbidden west on ps4 you would have perhaps had the expectation that the dlc would have been on the ps4 as well yeah it's pretty true yeah but at the same time i'm really excited to seeing what they can do when they don't have to accommodate such a resource constrained platform and um i think you know something which uh, you talked about um earlier john is that um procedural generation has been used to kind of leverage the power of the current gen systems while still maintaining compatibility with the last gen and i'm kind of interested to see whether they do more than just you know use proceduralism to to, to right. add that extra visual hit to the to the proceedings so yeah again not really that much shown in the trailer it you know it's it, it's kind of more horizon brilliant this time in los angeles <laughs> yeah i mean that was for their last dlc for the original game the frozen wilds i guess that was it also was a, big... a new locale they introduced yeah. the snow deformation yeah maybe they'll do something similar here there. new tech so, for this exactly yeah. new environment some new tech could be very beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be keeping an eye on that uh, another Unreal game. We're getting. To, we're finally. You hear all these developers switching to Unreal. And we're finally seeing those games yep. come out to play. Uh, <laughs> come they showed out. this one again. It's 
the Lords of the Fallen. Yes. Which has been in sort of development heck, if you will, uh, for quite some time. Going through many different developers. They finally have something to show. I actually thought it looked pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But go back and look at, at Lords of the Fallen from 2014, running on a PC at 60 FPS. Like some of those, especially that early area with that introduction cutscene. That was pretty darn amazing for the time i think and it, it still was holds up really good shockingly looking. well yeah uh but of course the lords of the fallen isn't actually from that same developer deck 13 they're doing that other game instead mm-hmm. which also looks pretty good but wasn't shown here yeah uh, speaking okay. of looking good though <laughs> so we gotta keep moving uh cyberpunk phantom liberty this is uh, uh swan song for red engine right so yep. this is, I'm assuming at this point in time, Ray Tracing Overdrive is going to launch with this launching because it's not out Maybe. yet. Uh, but, you know, the trailer was showing off PC footage and I thought it looked just so good. Like, like as the, always, like as always, like even the, the new character close ups because they have uh, Idris Elba or Idris Elba. I don't actually know how he says his name uh because you know this is a this people don't know sometimes so i just want to say that um but uh like they showed like the shots of like the citizens outside on like that like boulevard area and it just straight up looks like just as good or even better than like a lot of the ue5 stuff we see and it's like i'm really gonna miss red engine like it looked so good in cyberpunk so good and this one is another one that's not going to be thankfully thankfully ported back to the last gen systems yeah geez. yeah i mean that hopefully that gives them some freedom <laughs> with the environments because if you recall like blood and wine for witcher 3 was a significant visual step up in many ways mm-hmm. i'd say from stock of witcher 3 yes so kind of hoping for something similar here moving on <laughs> another surprising announcement i guess and one that i'm very happy to see even if it's hard to tell what we're it seems very much like a cinematic trailer uh armored core 6 was announced Mm-hmm. And so Armored Core is a very long-running series that has had a huge gap between releases. It basically ended in 2013, and we've seen nothing since. From Software has been busy with Souls games and other similar titles, such as Bloodborne and Sekiro. And in fact, I believe one of the leads on Sekiro is helming this title. And I'm very curious to see what Armored Core becomes in a post-Souls From Software Right. right like armored core was very popular but it was pretty hardcore i would say like i like these games but it's you spend a lot of time sort of like upgrading and tweaking and building your mechs to go out on missions but you can end up in some pretty tricky situations in in regards to your funds and like literally unable to repair your mech because you can't afford it anymore and oh gosh there's a lot of uh inter- it's a pretty hardcore series in many ways and uh, I I wonder if they're going to integrate some aspects of their more recent successes in there. Exploration, hard to say. The the thing that's a little concerning though is that this one, it is cross gen. Oh no! And uh, so late know. and cross gen. I, I can't imagine oh, what it's going to look like there, given that their technical chops aren't exactly uh, there. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I like yeah. the visual style of the trailer. I'm just sure it doesn't represent what the game will look like. Yeah. In and not at all. I mean, like Dark Souls 2 was also announced with like a trailer that looked better than every UE5 title. And then Dark Souls 2 comes out, you know. Um, well, Dark Souls 2 also had that weird pre-release state, right? Where oh, gosh. More yeah. shadow casting. I played that. I played that version on a PS3 with Dynamic Shadows uh, at Gamescom that year. And it was look, looked awesome. And then when the final game shipped, well, it didn't look awesome. <laughs> it did not look awesome in comparison. Just uh, have a sudden uh, sort of trauma flashback to Elden Ring on Xbox One. Yeah, how that ran. Right. Look, <laughs> it runs worse than the Steam Deck, which is uh, <laughs> pretty impressive. Poor, poor old Xbox One. It's trying its best. It's just hanging in there. Uh one game that's not coming to Xbox One though is Final <laughs> Fantasy 16, <laughs> which was it got a release of June 22nd, not 23rd, 22nd. Uh, which yeah, that's not that far away, and I'm very excited for this. It feels from what I've kind of gleaned, this game has been basically complete for a while, and they're essentially in the polishing phase. And this is the most amount of time they've had seemingly to polish up one of these games before release. So it could result in something that's really, really just like buttoned up perfectly. I know the visuals have come a long way since the original reveal. It now looks phenomenal. Uh, I'm very curious to see how it plays and what it offers and if it can help bring Final Fantasy back to the forefront mm-hmm. in terms of releases. We'll see that. And you were uh, saying that this is like a like this is Crystal Tools or something. Didn't you say oh, it's like I some sort of like, weird? I can't remember. Branch, the, right? I feel like it, it was. It's some. It's derived from something relating to Final Fantasy fourteen, which in turn was derived from Crystal Tools. Wow! But yeah. the second Final Fantasy fourteen, I think, versus the original release that failed, uh, yeah. was based on. Uh, was that the Luminous stuff? It might have been. A really I can't. Old... No, no, that wouldn't. No, it's too maybe old. Maybe that was Crystal Tools. Either way. Just ignore me. I'm confused. Square's engine history is complicated, I would say. Either way, uh, this looks great. Absolutely. um, What else did they show? We finally saw Ken Levine's next game called Judas. It looks very Bioshock, kind of, you know? Like, extremely Bioshock. Not not System Shock, right? They've not really gone back to the System Shock 2 aesthetic. Yeah. but that's where the System Shock remake comes in next year. Mm-hmm. Different team, but that looks pretty. That looks pretty dope. That looks dope. Just going to put it out there, but I'd like to see uh, I Am Judas as the, uh, the follow sequel, sequel to I Am Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's that, that's the uh, the follow up game. You know, once they complete I Am Jesus it's D- Christ, it's the DLC. The DLC is I Am Judas, and just roaming around hiding from hordes of Christians or something. <laughs> it could be a stealth game. Yeah, it's you, a stealth game. You got to sneak out. <laughs> It's kind of resource management. You've got 20 pieces of silver. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to say, that's all you've got. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so man. good, Rich. That is literally this such is, a good This uh, is two weeks of blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, but Rich. in terms of this, this was also an engine, whatever the engine is. I, I imagine it's unreal, just based upon every single thing. Uh, and it, I think like it, it looked pretty 
it looked okay, but it get like in terms of just the the art style, it didn't seem it seemed like very UE4 kind of like technology based. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing I too interesting from my tech. I gather this definitely was a sort of stylistic aesthetic though, right? Yeah, for it sure, stood, it stood out. Yeah. In comparison to the rest of the stuff uh, that we saw, and some of the stuff that we saw, yeah, for sure, stood up. Um, anything else? I, I post trauma, I thought looked cool. Old school camera, fixed camera angles, very Silent Hill ish in a way, and it made me pine for more games with fixed camera angles. I actually miss this. I really like directed cameras that do fancy tricks with the camera work. Uh, I think that can be very effective in certain genres, and. Uh, there's just been this this push towards free camera for everything, which you know, I it, I get it's, it. It's good for gameplay. I get it, but I think you can do some cool stuff with fixed cameras. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm also okay. very curious, just like graphically, what's going on there. Uh, was there an engine announcement? I do not know, but it, no, I thought I it looked pretty so. good, all things considered. Yeah, so kind of an indie title there. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of stuff discussed here and a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, And there's a huge amount of content coming in 2023, a huge amount of great games, and Microsoft just didn't turn up. No, nothing. uh, Which is kind of strange because they've got quite a a storied history with the the Game Awards. They did the Series X uh, form factor announcement at Game Awards. Absolutely nothing. And um, there seem to be some some tweets from Microsoft, Aaron Greenberg, etc., saying, hey, don't worry, we've, we've got stuff, we're showing it soon. Um, but you know what kind of venues are there? I suppose you can do your own shows these days. You don't really need to compete against other no. other content. But at the same time, it is a big event, and there was zero representation from Xbox in a year where there's been zero representation from Xbox. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, we I had was... Pentiment and uh, Deathloop. Yeah, the thing um... about that is, like in the past, if you remember they would often advertise each new year as the best year in Xbox history. This one, 2022, I would argue was the worst year in Xbox history in mm. terms of like original titles coming out. Mm. I, like yeah. even looking back, there is no other year I can think of that had so little from uh, a major first party. And I think part of this is the COVID effect. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Clearly they wanted Starfield <laughs> yes. this year, right? Like that was mm-hmm. the original and that would have been huge. Uh, that's coming next year. I think they'll have some good stuff next year for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of odd how they just kind of disappeared and um, it's just Game Pass basically all year. Uh, but I mean, Pentiment is cool though. Yeah, that's, Pentiment's that's good. Thing. It's a good game. Not to mm-hmm. discount that. But I am a little surprised that they didn't. I, I kind of expected them to show a little more Starfield. Like the game is a known thing now, it's likely to release before any big next events right good so point actually yeah um yeah and forza you know, you know forza motorsport sure exactly. there's, there's great things to show there oh for so, sure so yeah kind of kind of curious is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap it up with the jeffs um you said that i wanted to say something john uh, <laughs> oh yeah uh, you mentioned to me <laughs> banishers ghosts of new eden oh, oh yes don't nod but don't nod uh, which i actually mistakenly skipped the trailer the first time because the name just didn't like, click <laughs> like, I, I didn't take anything from it but then i realized oh okay i know this developer yeah. they've done good stuff so they've done good stuff and actually the one thing i want to point out with the trailer is the initial part of the trailer is cinematic angles etc uh but in terms of like aliasing and like if you look at the fireplace like the logs next to the fireplace they're actually pretty low poly so i actually think that intro part may have been an engine tech which was that's pretty impressive looking yeah uh, but really it, good 
But at the very end of the trailer, there's a little sizzle there of them showing the gameplay camera behind the character as they, with their ghost companion, confront some other sort of ghosts. Uh, and that looks really, really good. And I, the reason why I want to point this out is because I think their, their games, we haven't really covered, I don't really recall if we ever covered Life, of, life, uh, life, ugh, life is Strange. Did we ever? No, no. That's weird because I've I've played them all. Yeah, <laughs> I so like, like them, they make but I've not they actually make, covered them. They make good games with like um, you know, great usage of Unreal Engine at that point in time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I would really love to see them expanding that into like more traditional action RPGs, like to see what the team can do here because they've had good narrative chops. And what if they bring that to an action game? That'd be great. So I look. Did you ever to try it. Vampire from them? Ah, uh, no. Or is that the one spelled with a Y? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vampire. Vampire. <laughs> uh, I haven't tried it, but I heard it's pretty okay, actually. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. And hey, they were one of the first developers ever to do uh, physically based materials in a game, right? Oh, with Remember with, Me. With yeah. Remember Me. Yeah. That shipped on the triple. <laughs> <laughs> Triple's best game. Yeah. But okay, that's, uh, I mean, to me, at least, that seems like that's pretty much the main it? stuff from the Jeffs. It was a pretty interesting show. I did not catch it live because it started at midnight and I'm, you know, it was better just to wake up and check all this stuff out in the morning. But yeah, it's some good well, stuff. We there. missed, we missed, uh, Chris judge's amazing speech. Oh yeah. Um, I, I that actually, that was, that was insane. I was, was particularly cool. sort of taken by the way they tried to, to, to make him stop by playing music and it just yeah. made his speech even more epic. It did. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. He's such a boss. Like that that outfit, just the way he well, yeah. I, I love it. It'll so, always yeah. be Teal'c to me, but he does a good he does a good uh readers as well. Have we ever talked about Stargate on DF? Like ever? We should. We should I love Stargate. talk about Stargate one time i like stargate it's fun yeah. it's a fun series i love that mm-hmm. some richard dean anderson in there you know why not yeah. good stuff they actually there was actually awards at this show by the way yeah <laughs> okay. doing one game of the year oh it did? not okay. surprisingly yeah. surprisingly it also won best game direction it won best art direction uh it probably won more things it did not win innovation and accessibility <laughs> that is not surprising <laughs> at all <laughs> okay no here's the thing about the awards that drives me nuts and i it's a, it's a shame we're in this position but they have an award category that says best sports slash racing game and it's f122 fifa nba 2k23 ollie ollie world which it's not a racing game uh and then gran turismo 7 which won but I'm so bummed out that we're in this position where the racing genre has become so it is contracted to the point where it's now combined with regular sports. That sucks. And they also missed, you know, they couldn't have gotten need for speed unbound in there because obviously they came out too late, but there was also uh, that grid game earlier in the year that was that really you liked good. a lot. Grid yeah. Legends. Mm, yeah. That was actually solid. So I don't know. That's that, that category makes me sad because it's just, yeah, racing games are obviously among my favorite. Well, maybe genres. we need to do a kind of unsung heroes end of year video. Uh, Grid, Grid Legends Actually, will certainly be in there. That's a good idea. That's a mm. man. Grid Legends, 120 frames per second, beautiful, super smooth gameplay. Man, uh, so okay. that's yeah, that's pretty much it for the Jeffs. 
Okay. Uh, well, let's move on to our next news topic. And I've got to, re- we've been going about this for so long, I've got to refer back to the, yes. to the docket to see what it is we're actually talking about. Yeah, this was just an interesting story I, I picked up on, which is the uh, Gamers Nexus and uh, Linus <laughs> Tech Tips, actually. I haven't watched their content yet. Uh, but it, it seems to be the case that uh, with Stadia dying, uh, dev kits are now available to buy. Um, it looks as though they're cropping up in Japan, of all places. And um, oh. Gamers Nexus spent $1,000 on buying one and uh, basically did a teardown video. And um, <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't buy one. I mean, <laughs> just it's just basically exactly what the spec suggests, right? Which is, um, you know, a server class Xeon uh, CPU and essentially a pro version of the Vega 56 Um GPU. It Vegas is literally just a radio, radio professional. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, and Steve's uh, Gamers Nexus was uh, kind of impressed and unimpressed with the construction of the uh, of the kit itself, which was essentially just a Lenovo pre-built that's been yeah. repurposed by uh, by Google. But you know, for me, the big mystery still remains. This thing had a you know a ten teraflop GPU or thereabouts in it, and um, the games produced were worse than Xbox One X at six teraflop on an older architecture. And uh, I've still got no um, concrete evidence as to why it these was. games underperformed, why they undershot so much. The dev kit doesn't really give us any answers. It's exactly as the spec you know that Google so supplied was. Is it possible that they were dividing resources? Well, this has been my theory from day one, right? Which is that, you know, let's say your your actual shipping games are, are delivering results worse than a six teraflop GPU. Uh, maybe you've, you've basically got f- two five teraflop GPUs, uh, you know, being virtualized from one piece of hardware. That's been my sort of working theory for a while. But, you know, there's all manner of weirdness. I mean, it never... I mean, I think... Um, uh, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider got close to Xbox One X, but all of the other games, I mean, Red Dead was 1440p 30, it's 4K 30 on Xbox One X. The list goes on, right? So, yeah, it's kind of curious to see, you know, get, uh, Google's hardware getting out there, did, being picked up. It had that decent version of Cyberpunk at launch, though. Which yeah, was, it's uh, still, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a pretty good pretty good example of a, of a title that did actually, I think, punch above its weight compared to um, the last-gen consoles. But I've got a feeling there that it's down to the CPU. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, as opposed to the GPU. It's probably right. Mm. So, the, you know, any Stadia developers out there, please, you know, get in touch behind the scenes. Let us know why the GPU underperforms compared to its spec. I'd love to know. It's kind of, We might even do like a Stadia... Um, uh, eulogy video at some point while the system is still working. We'll play some Assassin's Creed Unity. Actually, we should do a live stream for that. Before, <laughs> yeah. Wait, that, Can you that might be stream? a bad idea. <laughs> that, would involve, yeah, that would involve using the internet connection <laughs> yeah. for streaming and for streaming. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Some exhibits. I, I have streaming. now got gigabit though, so maybe it would work. It might be worth a go. Could exactly. be. Exactly. Uh, should we move on to the next news topic? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we should. Um, yeah, basically this one is um, the sad news that uh, Microsoft's first-party titles are moving up to $70 if you wish to purchase them. Um, they're one of the last holdouts to, to actually increase prices. Uh, but it's happened, and um, I'm wondering whether this is going to be accompanied by hardware price hikes in the uh, in, in the 
short to medium term future. Um, John, how much mm. is this actually relevant in a world where Game Pass is basically, I mean, you know, if you're into Microsoft first party games, a lot of people just aren't going to buy them in the first place. Right. With Game Pass there. Yeah, this is a tricky thing. And I also Sales wonder... have collapsed, haven't they? I mean, you know, we can yeah. track sales data and Microsoft first party titles are, are vanishingly small game sales now because of the prevalence of Game Pass. Yep. I, I feel like they've collapsed by like 80% versus wow. where they were prior to Game Pass. And for good reason. I mean, mo- the Xbox faithful are very into Game Pass. So it kind of doesn't, for most of them, it probably doesn't make sense to buy it. And also, uh, Microsoft thus far has had this bad habit of shipping incomplete discs like that are basically coasters, like Halo and Forza Horizon 5. I would love to have those games on a disc in my collection right now, but that the disc is just basically a download key. Uh, which is similar to what Activision did with Call of Duty, again, uh, which is a huge bummer. I hate that kind of stuff. Um, But I think... I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if Game Pass, though, increases in price as well at some point. Right. Mm. I feel like that's going to have to happen sooner or later. When they get Call of Duty on it, day day one. Yeah, maybe so. The the thing here, though, is... uh, I I, I think this was long overdue to increase the price of games like this, and we don't like to hear it, and, I mean, who does? You don't want to pay more for your games. But the $60 price was basically established with the Xbox 360 era, if I recall. And it's been that since then, right? So we're coming up on uh, quite a few years of this. But development costs have spiraled out of control. I would argue that we're in, we're at a very precarious point where gamer expectations are extremely high for, for visual fidelity. Creating that fidelity is difficult and expensive and requires a lot of people, from what I can tell. And uh, it's because of this, it's like it just it just costs more to make. So if the game doesn't succeed in a big way, you're probably not going to make up your investment, right? It's it's created this situation where, and I think this is why we see so many sequels to the games that are a hit. Because you find something that actually makes money, you're not going to risk it by doing a new IP, uh, I think. And you end up with the situation where every game needs to hit if you want to make back your cash. I think Microsoft, more than others, could have probably uh, accepted that hit. But, you know, they're also in it to make money. So uh, I think this was just something that needed to happen, given both the state of the world now and just the... increased costs it takes to make these games so mm. i don't blame them at all uh i mean in the short term it makes game pass more attractive still oh for sure um but the question is the extent to which they can continue to hold prices where they are at the moment i will say this though uh the price situation is a little bit weird because um both sony and microsoft their games tend to drop in price pretty quick right so if you're looking at retail you can find retail copies of these games uh, on the cheap pretty easily, which, by the way, is a problem if you're on Series S because you're not going to be able to take advantage of these sales. So you really are in that Game Pass ecosystem. But if you want to get a disc version of these games, they tend to drop pretty quickly. Uh, and so a lot of people just wait. They see the $70 price or the 80 euro price, and you're like, oh, I'll just wait, get it on sale. Hmm. Whereas Nintendo, who hasn't actually increased their prices yet, 
they have a different strategy where they basically don't do price drops or they do them so rarely and, and so late that I think people are more willing to just spend up front for those Nintendo games if they want them because they know that you're not going to find it for sale in a month. It just doesn't yep. happen, right? right? So they're in a very enviable position in that regard. And as a result, they can probably hold on a bit longer. But that's just... that That's what they've made their audience accustomed to, right? And I think a lot of the responsibility lies in how customers or how you've approached your releases over the years. We've seen there was a race to the bottom for pricing and sales and, you know, subscriptions and... I think now it's a lot harder to convince somebody to shell out for a game and wow. games are less of an event these days by and large, mm-hmm. save for a few really big titles. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I remember the hype cycles of these games coming in and people would go line up at the stores. There was a lot of excitement around this stuff. You know, every trailer was an event and then it comes out. Everybody is there on day one. Uh, I feel like that's changed and st- probably not coming back mm-hmm. so well, that's, that's just me rambling about all this stuff there's there's so many different avenues to discuss with this pricing stuff but my point i guess in the end is just yeah i'm not surprised this had to happen for microsoft as well so one oh, thing yeah. i'm looking at this year is that it's um they're raising their pricing but i don't know if there's differentiation there for pc versus console and i'm looking at Ooh. what sony does and they launched the last of us uh, part one on PS5 for $69.99 in the currency that is, but it was just listed on Steam yesterday for $59.99, The Last of Us Part One. So it's cheaper on PC. So I'm curious if they're going to keep that up. Um, this like trend of always having the console players pay more for the same game that people are paying for on so PC. I think, Alex, the difference here is with Sony's products, the PC version is a separate SKU right? You don't get the PlayStation version with PC, but Microsoft, Ah. I guess there's Steam, but Microsoft likes to do that cross-buy thing, Thing. right? So you buy it on PC, you buy it on Xbox, doesn't matter. It's all the same game on every platform. That is nice. So I suspect Mm the $70 price will apply on the PC as well for that reason. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I think in the end, they probably announced this now because they're getting ready to announce the Starfield release date at some point soon. Right. And they want to, they, they couldn't very well start taking pre-orders on Starfield uh, <laughs> if they were planning to charge 70 bucks you know, without first announcing that, you know, basically get the bad news out of the way. Like, yeah, we're going up to 70. Now it's time to announce when Starfield's coming out and, for, you know, you can pre-order it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Okay, I think we'll wrap up the news for there. Um, and uh, we'll move on to supporter Q&A. This is, of course, the part of the show where every week we solicit questions from our supporters on the DF Supporter Program. Uh, we choose the best or rather <laughs> often the ones we could actually answer. <laughs> and uh, we're going to kick off um, uh, with a bit of concern from Eric Benoit. Is Alex doing better this week? Alex's demeanor last week is a result of his sincere desire to do a great job, as he always does, reviewing PC games for DF. Has DF ever considered a numbered rating criteria when reviewing games? Do you think that would help send a message that certain issues in games like Shader Stutter are unacceptable, or would it destroy the nuance of a comprehensive review? Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you are feeling better. Thanks I am feeling Alex. better, and I also saw your DM, Eric. I just haven't responded yet. Sorry about that. And, um, yeah, I'm not too particularly 
interested in the concept of numbered ratings. Um, I don't know what you guys think. It's too arbitrary. Too arbitrary, yeah. And uh, then people look at the number, and then instead of focusing on the review, which already happens technically in DF reviews, yeah. where they someone posts the code. Do the resolutions. <laughs> yeah, when we do the resolutions, there's there's like <laughs> there's like a time code. Skip ahead to Alex's optimized settings for this, and I'm like, you, you bastard. Um, but you know, there, there, there's there's definitely a lot more to review than a number, and that's why I wouldn't do it. John. Uh, uh, well, John, I'll tell you what. I was watching your Fortnite content. You were saying that the average uh, resolution of Series X is 59% 4K versus uh, 55% on PlayStation 5. I can't tell the difference, but sure. Surely this is quantifiable evidence that the Xbox Series X is 4% better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's key. Yeah, that stuff, uh, that's funny. <laughs> power narrative. Um, Access resolution. Hashtag power narrative, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really see the point for, for badges. And uh, I, I think maybe sort of end of the year, game of the year stuff is, um, is, is quite interesting. But even then, we do it on a person-by-person per- basis. Yeah. Um, I think possibly the the only badge I would consider would be an avoid badge. Yeah, that's maybe the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anything to add to that one, John? Um, I would be up for both an avoid badge and just like a like a thumbs up kind of badge. You know, not a number, but like I wouldn't thumbs mind up. a shorthand to be like, "Hey, this this is actually okay technically." Right. Maybe well, you know, in the um, Patreon trail I did this week, we had those uh, fake YouTube thumbs, yes, which were a hit. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we could there. just do, we could sum up the whole game with a fake YouTube thumb, which would be, <laughs> you know, uh, touching your head in uh, yeah. pain, thumbs up, uh, laughing, <laughs> red arrows, Honestly, like with emojis, exactly. projectile <laughs> yeah. vomiting. We could do a whole bunch of really vomiting. great ones. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Callisto Protocol on PC gets a projectile vomiting <laughs> award <laughs> from Digital Vibe. Yeah, um, I think that response also sums up this question from uh, Frosty Grey Bob: As Eurogamer gives games a re- recommended or essential badge for well-reviewed games, would you consider implementing a Digital Foundry DF seal of quality to games that meet a certain level of technical accomplishment? It's such an arbitrary thing, yeah. though, you know. And and I, what I think what's happening on Eurogamer actually is that there's actually a really sort of large amount of games that don't get badges at all, and people are asking why they don't get badges uh, when they can actually be really, really good games. The badge um, thing is weird. I still have this, like, I'm still haunted by it. I, I occasionally do reviews. I reviewed Ace Combat 7 when it came out for Eurogamer, and uh, I was debating on whether to give it a recommended or essential badge. And mm. it was basically told, like, well, only only use essential if it would be something you'd consider, like, game of the year quality. And this was in January. So I was like, well, I better just go with recommended. And then Ace Combat 7 was my game of the year that year. So I was like, so I was like, dang it! I should have given it essential, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, regret, regret. Okay, next question. This one from Mike Renner. Given the choice between playing the latest games on a 65-inch top-of-the-line OLED with all the latest HDMI 2.1 features, or a 130-inch mm. HDR projector (HDR quote unquote) with HDMI 2.0 and a peak brightness of 100 nits, thousand? Hopefully, ex- they mean. Do they mean a thousand nits? I hope. Probably well, mean, um, they got to mean a thousand nits because a hundred. For, well, for, yeah. for, for a projector, though, I don't know. Oh yeah, mm. who knows? Okay. Uh, which experience would you prefer? Does size trump 
old. <laughs> oh, that's a, no. that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would argue the opposite to a degree. Um, I think finding the right screen size is really important based on your environment. And a small screen can still be rather immersive. You know, being into the world of CRTs, they're not huge. But when you're actually parked in front of a good CRT, you still feel a level of immersion. I find the problem with really large screens, once you go over a certain size... Uh, I mean, if you're far enough distance, it's fine, but, you know, it just starts to, to reveal all the flaws in the games, right? Like, mm-hmm. you want to play a Switch game on uh, a 130-inch HDR projector? <laughs> no, it's going to look terrible. Uh, but then again, 130 for a projector, that reminds me of uh, at E3 that one year I saw somebody wheeled out one of those 150-inch <clears throat> Panasonic plasmas. Hmm. I think it was 150-inch. Massive. But seeing, a, seeing a, an actual flat panel screen at that size, it was supported by, like, two columns, and it made it heated up the room so much. It was insane. Like you stand next to it, it feels like you're next to, like, a generator. It's uh, it's crazy. Just the oh amount of heat that comes off of it. But size definitely doesn't trump all for me. But I don't know about you guys. It's very much dependent on how far you are away from the yeah. screen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Alex, you and I have both got 48-inch OLEDs, which we <laughs> use as PC monitors. Yeah, they're close. And you can't really... I mean, you did go higher. You had a 55-inch screen Yeah, and that was that. too much. Uh, one thing I noticed, though, is that screen distance... We don't talk about it too often, but screen distance also, in my humble opinion, requires a higher refresh rate because the gap between frames when it's physically larger in front of you, like each gap is larger physically, it becomes more obvious. And I always thought yeah. 60 hertz when I was really close to a screen did not feel as comfortable as 120 hertz close to the screen and vice versa. It's also why 60 FPS content on your phone can sometimes look better in terms of fluidity because you don't and see the gappiness as much. It's, it's also why I think console games at 30 FPS tend to be a bit more acceptable than playing a PC game on a monitor. Right up close, yeah. Or if you're playing a console game on a monitor, when you sit too close to a screen 30 fps becomes very difficult to stomach yeah so uh i don't like i don't i don't care about big projections and stuff like that so i would probably go for the one that has the highest refresh rate uh so that would be the hdmi 2.1 one here yeah okay Uh, let's move on to the next question this one from captain rainbow um with portal rtx requiring dlss to good gig to get good frame rates at 4k even on a 4090 the question remains quality balanced or performance that should be a pretty simple question though alex although i think we, we should possibly maybe outline why 4k path tracing is actually <laughs> quite quite a, a big ask of any gpu including the 4090 i've seen quite a lot of uh, benchmarks this week for um portal, portal rtx too, yeah. and they're all they're all you know the, the ones i saw all 4k and um uh, you know the radeon cards are like one frame per second <laughs> And uh, obviously yeah. it scales up as you have a more powerful GPU. Um, but you, you don't need a 4090 to to play, play Portal no, RTX. No, of course not. And, um, no. But, you know, the whole question of um, uh, DLSS quality levels, it's, it's well, in my experience, it's title by title dependent. But basically the higher the resolution it, you, you, that your output is, basically the lower the DLSS quality level needs to be. And conversely, the the lower your output resolution, the higher the internal resolution needs to be. So your quality settings should be going up. I mean, this is kind of like the accepted norm now, right? Performance mode for 4K, uh, balance for 1440p, and uh, quality for 1080p. That's the way I see it, Uh, especially like... and. 
if you are not comfortable with performance because you are have very sensitive like visual acuity and you think like I'm seeing way too many jaggies or I'm seeing too much something, then put it up to balance uh, to balanced and then quality to see if it helps you at all. That's the way I would say it. Like don't just immediately go to quality mode because you read online on Reddit that only quality mode DLSS is good. <laughs> it is pretty per game basis and just to really quickly. Uh, touch on why Portal RTX is really expensive. One thing you have to think about with Portal RTX, I haven't covered it yet. I am really looking forward to cover it. There's a lot of stuff going on. We'll see when everything pans out. Um, but the, in that game, you can literally tweak the amount of bounces of GI with the developer menu. Uh, and so like, if you have four bounces of GI, that means just for diffuse lighting, you're getting four ray traces and then one for the primary view. This is an insane amount of ray tracing. <laughs> like it's so intense, it's so much, and it's all happening in one frame too. It's not just staggered over frames. So it's like portal RTX can be really expensive, but you can also probably make it quite a bit cheaper with the settings of that developer menu, so. I mean, every past place title so far, you've kind of had to use um, yeah, you've right? had to use image reconstruction, right? Simply just due to the nature of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, you know, I've seen quite a lot of uh, comments about how Portal RTX is, you know, is basically designed to funnel you to RTX 4000 because it's the only GPUs that can run it. It's that's not, even that's true. not the case. No. You know, it's basically all down to the settings configurations. And, um, and, and, you know, it's not as if the arrival of 4090 and 4080 has suddenly made uh, the Ampere cards not great. You know, it's, it's just a different workload, mm -hmm. and um, yep. you know you can scale your GPU and your settings accordingly, and everything kind of should should be fine. I think you know another sort of uh, video where maybe we should consider it at some point is just how well the RTX th uh, twenty sixty has held up. Oh, that'd be great. That's a fun Ooh, one. Yeah, because you know this uh, this is from what I can see. The last time I looked, it was the number two. Uh, GPU now on the Steam hardware survey, which is quite an interesting achievement. Yeah, it's a right? GPU that nobody seems to talk about anymore, <laughs> which, is, which I, is kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like I, I show it occasionally in my videos, but I've pretty much always used the 2060S just because I have the RX 5700 to compare it against. Mm. Um, I actually probably would like to show the 2060 more just because I know it's more popular. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. Why do people okay. not talk about that GPU? Hmm. Uh, final question, this one from Eric Hurst. Uh, Rich, you once said that maybe someday there wouldn't be Xbox and PlayStation consoles and that instead there would be Xbox OS and PlayStation OS and folks could install those on the hardware they're choosing. Do you still believe that may one day happen, especially now that we have something like Steve OS 3, which according to Valve, they will eventually release as a package to be installed on any machine? Um, my, my answer to that is basically um, <laughs> in the wake of the, the bickering, the petty bickering that I've seen uh, in the Activision stuff from um, Sony and Microsoft, these guys are not going to cooperate anytime soon. And it is, the, the concept is based on a very simple idea, which is that why have Microsoft and Sony eventually now, uh, basically now had uh, two generations, a decade's worth of basically making very similar hardware when you know they could just come together and you know basically have their own ecosystems on a singular platform and it would save a huge amount of r&d dollars and um you know 
it would end platform comparisons for good. <laughs> it would uh, just call it the AMD machine, and then you just play Xbox or PlayStation games on it. Yeah, that's what you're I mean, there, right are now. Obs- there are obstacles to that, obviously, <laughs> and the, you know the the ecosystems are subsidising the cost of the hardware to a certain extent. Um, but even so, you know, it does still strike me as rather odd that we have two uh, companies producing essentially identical machines. I mean, the gap now between PlayStation Five and Series X is. Well, it's it's four percent in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Yeah, it's it's actually extremely rare that we actually see some differences, and um, it, it, you know, we we're trying to sort of play down that there's there's not really that much difference between them, but it's quite remarkable how people seize upon, you know, minor fluctuations in performance data to to justify which console they've bought when essentially it's the same thing, right? That's kind of like the overarching sort of thing that, that sort of defined that philosophy. And I I hundred percent believe that Phil would put his would put Game Pass on on uh, PlayStation if he could. You know? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I don't think that I think the the thing that underlines this philosophy though, and it's why the Steam OS thing doesn't really make sense, is that um it still requires the concept of a fixed hardware platform to work towards to get the most out of i mean the st- i mean we're, we're talking um i mean we just put up a video about callisto protocol and it's it's not looking great on playstation 4 and xbox one but the fact that it's existing at all on hardware that was designed in 2010 2011 is 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 pretty amazing yeah and this is all down to the power of the fixed uh, platform um which is something that um a, a valve machine or, or some kind of uh, OS that would run on any piece of hardware um, is is it wouldn't work the same way. I don't know. Any thoughts from you on this one, John? No, I mean I think you're pretty much <laughs> right on the money with that, and I don't think we'd see it, especially because it's not even a fixed platform. <laughs> but uh, boy, all the all that bickering though between them, it does seem like we're never going to see them working together on something like that. So yeah, it's uh, it's a bit stupid, really. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really want to get too involved in the FTC stuff and um, no, and no, whatnot no. because it's it is just um, it's just almost tantamount to name calling and <laughs> uh, accusations of hypocrisy one way or the other. It's pretty nasty. And yeah, we're still we're, we're still well clear of that one for now. Uh, but I think that's it. That's our final question of the show, and with that, the end of the show. So if you did enjoy it, please like, subscribe, share, ring the bell for those notionally instant notifications. As always. No guarantees there, and I am making a that disclaimer. The <laughs> <laughs> supporter program, uh, yeah, I mean we put out a trailer this week about what the supporter program has done for us in the last eighteen months and what we want to do in future. So yeah, do check that out because uh, we've got big plans and we need your help. Um, but that's all from us for now. This is a weekly show, so in theory, at least, barring a nuclear disaster of some description, we will be back next week. <laughs> but in the meantime, thanks for watching.